welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded once again at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, now merely a contributing editor at Publishers Weekly, and you can check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And you can find us on uh, Twitter, X, at, at yeah. PW Comics World, possibly soon on Threads and Blue Sky. Maybe you never know. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And I'm Meg Lemke. I'm the comics and graphic novel reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on the Apple Podcast app, on Google Podcasts, and on Spotify. And on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And don't forget, you can leave us a rating or a comment on many of these fine platforms for podcasts. And so please do, because we love to hear from our listeners. Drop us a note, why don't ya? All right, this week on More to Come. Best Books 2023. I know you've been waiting for it. Lifford Leaves. DC's pocket-sized heroes. DC searches for bodies. Reultimate. Dashtoon makes comics AI and new manga horror imprint. All right. Best Books are coming up, and we've got the Best Books editor right here, right now. Hi. Yes, I get the um, privilege and duty of picking the best graphic novel and comics for adults um, of the year. Love it. And I should say, you know, even to skip ahead, we have a lot on the middle grade and children's list. We're not going to get into that, I think, today, but people should go check it out. So you can find the best books feature right on our website. It is top of the page. Um, And the coup yet again this year for another year running is we got a book, a a comic book in the top 10 best books of the entire year, entire magazine sitting uh, as it deserves among the pros. Word. (laughs) That's right. It is a lot of advocacy from team comics. (laughs) (laughs) But it deserves it. It got it. And it's a great book. And what is that book? That book is the talk by by Darren Bell, which is out from Holt. Um, you know, Calvin and I already talked in a prior episode at length. There's a stargazing about it. I don't know which episode it. of More to Come it is, but well, you can, can go to the archive. Can link it. <laughs> so we won't go on such length now, but it's yeah. a fabulous book. Yeah. It's a graphic memoir that um, is also, and this is actually what we said in the little capsule about best books, talks about the experience of racism across generations, even though it's really through Belle's own life. Yes. It's um, growing up biracial in L.A. in the 1980s. Um, it also speaks quite a bit about his father's experiences and then his experiences in becoming a father and speaking to his son. And the talk refers to the conversation that parents have with black yeah. children, boys in particular, about police violence. And he tells his story through his development as a cartoonist. In fact, his development into a Pulitzer Prize winning editorial cartoonist. Yeah, it's fabulous. It's nuanced. Mm-hmm. And I will say in the conversations about getting this book on the top 10, there was a lot of talk here inside about the way that the comics medium grounded the work, made it accessible and immediate, um, while it had a lot of breadth and depth. And it's a very deserving book, very moving and powerful. No, it's a great story. It's a great look at the culture. Uh, It's just a a really focused and emotional look at being black uh, and being black and being biracial in America. Mm -hmm. So. 
There you go. Um, so yeah, do check back because we talked about it for like a half an hour. Yes, yes. And we'll read it. Right. Um, but very deserving. So that was in the top ten of the whole year um, by PW. And then comics always gets five. That was one of our five. So now we will yeah. talk about the other four. But for us, you said that still the best books. This is not a runners up list. This is no. best books of the year in the comics yes, graphic novel category. Um, so this is now alphabetical. The first is Blood of the Virgin by Sammy Harkham. And um, I don't know who else here is a Sammy Harkham fan, but I mentioned in the you know, write-up that he was sort of a wunderkind. You know, he was. He like, absolutely is. Absolutely. But now he's a once wunderkind because he's like in his 40s now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jim's been, been around doing, for a while. He's been so. doing very smart. But he came out. Now he's just a genius. Powerful and really beautifully illustrated comics for a while. Well, Sammy Harkham was like the guy who did... Um, Kramer Reserve. Reserve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Incredible yeah. anthology. Le- uh, legendary. I still have the, the yeah. coffee table version in yeah. my uh, coffee table. And this is his oh. acrobatic mature magnum opus, right? Yes. So he was a you know, young rising talent, and now over some 15 years, you know, this book has come together. And it really blew me away, this book, I have to say. Um, it is this incredible uh, story about 1970s Hollywood an immigrant filmmaker um, who is Israeli and Jewish, and he is trying to break into, like, larger filmmaking circles. He's, it's about ambition. He works in the grindhouse uh, horror category with, like, these, Splatter, you know... Splatter, crime, yeah. you know... There's all this great drawing you know, of, like, the weird um, costumes <laughs> and, like, the melting wax... So much to say yeah. about this book. Yeah. We didn't do a separate stargazing about yeah. it, probably because we were going to talk about it here. But very deserving and really unusual, huge book. Yeah, like great book, long. lively book, and a really fascinating look at the chaotic drudgery mm. of 1970s like trashy filmmaking. Yeah, and it's about yeah, marriage, indie, indie divorce, filmmaking, essentially yeah. infidelity. Yes, it's um, a personal death. drama, absolutely. <laughs> and a, it's got a mythic, you know, like, like arc yeah. about just. The legend of Hollywood and who built it. Right. This is a little capsule. Uh, let's not take too okay, much okay, longer okay. on this. Sorry, sorry. We got to keep yeah. moving. So, yeah, okay. a lot of books to cover. Okay, okay. Keep going. The next one, Impossible People, a completely average recovery story by Julia Wirtz. This is a personal favorite. We also yeah. talked about it at length. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is about Wirtz's experience getting sober uh, and really about the friends you meet along the way in that process and how they buoyed her up. Um, sort of about what happens after the, the meetings in the rooms. And... Hey, you're a fan of words too. Oh, I'm a huge, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't read this, but I have read her earlier books about, uh, getting sober, like drinking at the movies and, yeah. and, uh, that so on. So, I mean, I, I haven't, you know, I, I'll just be honest right here. I haven't read, uh, any of these books. I have them sitting at home along with all the other best books of the year. So I'm hoping in the, you know, November is turkey season and reading season for Heidi. So now that, cause I've been putting everything off in my life. Until oh wait until New York Comic Con is over and um, you know now, now it's November second <laughs> as we record this so uh, well a yeah. big reason we put this out right is that people can plan their holiday correct meeting. that's so right and also for gift giving I mean I am quite familiar with the work of all of these cartoonists yeah. and uh, sounds like a really great selection yeah. to me so. well that's Black Dog and Love and Falls really worth this book absolutely love this okay. book um, then. Of course. Of course. Monica by Daniel Klaus. Um, again, I was completely blown away by this book. It is a 
character study of types that are family study, but totally genre blending, uncanny, time hopping. It's about a young woman who has negligent parents. It's a Lynchian world. Absolutely <laughs> mind blowing. To say the least, yeah. Um, I <laughs> love this book. It's really stuck with me. I keep thinking about it. It's and, beautifully illustrated, complex storytelling, uh, you know. No, I think it's going to show up on Bikes Books List. Yes. Acro- like in the next month. Yes. Across big name magazines. We'll see it all over the place. Um, and then last but certainly not least is Roaming by Jillian and Mariko Tamaki from DNQ. So they've got the Catacot medal award winning cousins are back. You know, they won that for skim together. No, they won it from just one summer, uh, one summer. Yes. Just one summer. Um, so this is this beautiful book about a group of friends visiting New York and the aunts. And really, like, the art alone puts it on this list. It's incredible drawings of New York City. There's beautiful spreads. And then there's this sort of subtle friendship story and flirtation story, yeah. coming-of-age story yeah. that unfolds in the pages. It's a queer love story. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. Crackling dialogue, um, well, I, you know, I, rich characterizations. It's got it all. I mean, there's no question that um, Jillian Tamaki and Mariko Tamaki are 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 just one of the finest teams mm-hmm. making comics today. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. I would put Brew Baker and Phillips also up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very but different. There are teams, but but sure. uh, you know, just but absolutely top notch. Everything they put out. Of course, Daniel Klaus. Whenever one of his books comes out, it is a an event. An event. It is, absolutely. And um, you know, Julia, she's so talented, and she you know, she's been through so much from Fart Party on, which she admitted <laughs> was a bad title, but you know, she was a kid. There so, you go. yeah. Well, and I think Julia's book is a breakout book for this larger audience. I think this is actually the book. People who've read her over the years can enjoy it, but it, it's the first time you've read her. Well, I think and the she, others read a print, too. This yeah. is really like the book, I well, think, for her larger audience. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of that other material was, you know, like did need to be refined a bit by it time. And, you know, she's a lot yeah. more on Instagram now and and with her comics, they are quite popular. But you know, she's always been mm-hmm. funny as hell. Yeah. Yeah. I've always, I've always loved her. And work. you know, she, her, her, I mean, her drawing and her ability, her, her she's, you know, this wizard with black and white. Uh, yeah. It's pretty amazing in its own right too. I mean, there's this incredible story, and you know, weirdly funny story too about dealing with drinking. But really, following her, much like that book about the architecture of New York City. Mm-hmm. I mean, where which, which you could just like go, you know, you can linger over every page so you know so it always is noted that pw's list comes out in october <laughs> and i my psa is that if you want your book reviewed and considered it's supposed to be in by uh, <laughs> september <laughs> if it's a december or you know publication right. where i'm looking at january february march now sure. so we are in advance of publication reviews magazine that is why we're out in october we beat everybody else and sort of set the standard yep. Um, so these are yeah. the best books. Send your and, books early. <laughs> and as uh, Meg mentioned earlier, go to the to the kids uh, and the young adult yes. categories. There are more graphic novels there. These are the adult graphic novels. Uh, there's a couple of middle grades, Duel by uh, Jessica Bailey and Aaron Bagley. Beowulf um, is on the list. Yes. Mexican by Pe- yes. uh, Pedro Martin. Um, um, I mean, really, the middle grade list is... There's quite yeah quite a few as and you there's might some anticipate. in YA too. I'll mention in YA uh, family style yes. by Tim uh, Pham. Mm-hmm. So um, go check it out. Hey, it was another great year for yeah, graphic great novels, and uh, you know, listen, we are kicking off 
the holiday season. Well, it's already kicked off with Halloween if you're Heidi. But, um, <laughs> uh, uh, and you know, we're already planning. Uh, we will have our year in review episode and of course our 2024 preview. There you go. So, um, you know, more to come on that. Well, aside from best books, uh, back at the ranch, um, some big changes at DC Comics, where there seems to be nothing but changes. Changes just keep on coming. And then, so Pam Lifford, whose title was President Warner Brothers Global Brands and Experiences, is it was announced she is leaving to focus on a family member's health care needs. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery announced, notably. Yeah. The same excuse they gave when Diane Nelson stepped down in uh-huh. 2018. Um, she also had to step down to take, to see to her family members' healthcare needs. So, uh, please, Warner Brothers, be more creative. With, and especially with your guess. female executives. Yeah, let me guess, I mean, this is the excuse they only used for it is. I will say there are a few guys who have left to spend more time with their well, they, family. Then they just say left to spend more time with their family. <laughs> yeah, but not on health care yeah. needs, you know. Yeah, not like <laughs> tending them gently at the bedside. <laughs> well, these Florence Nightingale-like images do yeah. spring to mind. Um, and it's hard to know what to say about her tenure there. I mean, uh, under... She doesn't While like she comics. was there, the, you know, DC was dis- dismantled. It was dismantled. I mean, Calvin, did you ever hear anyone say a good word about her? Uh, I'm afraid not. And, right. Um, I mean, honestly. It's hard to know what to say. When I heard the news and, you know, checked in with mm. some of my DC connections, I mean, if it is possible to dance a jig over a text, that is what I saw. Yeah. People were like, oh boy, I can't wait to go to Jim Lee's Halloween party now. And uh, apparently Jim Lee threw a big Halloween party that was Warner Brothers themed, so uh had a lot of perks. Oh I can only and, imagine. And well that's why you get to pay you get them to pay for it, right? Yeah. But uh from all accounts on Instagram, uh it was a rollicking good time. Um you know, among the things that happened while Pam Lifford was head of DC and uh, to be fair, she was head of consumer products right, right, that right. DC came under her purview. Right. Um, so and that's a problem. Yeah. So let's see. So, okay. So she fired Dan DiDio. That could be good or bad. That's good. Um, <laughs> but uh, she also uh, laid off probably about 50% of the staff, including Bob that's Harris, Hank Canales, Bobby Chase, Brian Cunningham, Mark Doyle, Andy Curry, Jonah Weiland. Um, that's very bad. Yeah. Adam Phillips, Vince Letario, Fletcher Chu Fong. Um, Big body count uh, Stuart there. Shrek, um, the entire direct sales wow. department, um, Spencer <laughs> right. Simpson, uh, they let go of the person who did all their foreign licensing, who was absolutely brilliant at it, uh, just on and on and on. Cut, 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 Ugh. cut. Um, oh, they made the wonderful decision to give up their booth at San Diego Comic-Con now to become part of the Warner Brothers booth. And I am told by multiple people that Everyone, including Jim Lee, went and begged not to do it. They said, mm. please, you are making a terrible mistake. Can they get one back? No. no. It's done. It's that ship yeah, has sailed. Well, they can't get a new one. It's amazing. That well, I mean, book had, was the center of Comic-Con. The center of Comic-Con. And, and now they're like, oh, I guess we shouldn't have done it. It's like you were told. It's, it's you the know, center of the so, whole show. So the best part, again... These are things I've heard multiple times from multiple former and present DC employees that when she came on board, uh, her 
plan was to turn DC Comics into a license, a lifestyle brand. Oh, now, God. if you remember, at one point it was DC Comics. Then it became DC, remember? Yeah. yeah. And then it went back to being DC Comics. Because uh, guess what? It's not a lifestyle brand. It's no. a publishing brand. It's and to me, brand. the greatest sin of all... Um, was she killed? Is it back to DC Comics? All the imprints. Yes, it's back to being DC. Uh, was DC Entertainment, then it was DC. Uh, yeah, right, DC right. Comics. Okay. Anyway, she killed all the imprints. She yes. killed Vertigo. Mm. All right. Vertigo needed a break. She killed Mad, Mad Magazine. Magazine. Why? Why? Even if you only have an annual special, still use it. Why? Why? And then... DC had successfully launched its YA and middle grade line, Zoom and Ink, and those brands. <laughs> yeah, no, and they wiped it all know, out. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's just. It's crazy. It's just. It's this incredible. is why you don't put a publisher under consumer brands. Well, you don't put it. Listen, here's what I've been told. You don't put it under somebody who really doesn't give a crap about publishing, which she. Obviously did not. Yeah. Now, well, I mean, that's a hell of a thing to do with a publishing company. Yes. Now, the big word is that um, they are restructuring the entire consumer products at Warner Brothers, which they needed to do. Uh, under some wonk now, uh, named Bruce Campbell. Not. He, not, no. Bruce will recruit a new global head of franchise who will work closely with Campbell and the senior creative leadership team at WBD. The new executive, quote, will be responsible for developing the company's global IP portfolio across all businesses at WBD, working closely with the respective leadership of film, television, games, and others. So, here we are. We are. <laughs> and I don't know where we are, but there you go. <laughs> well, we are, see, we go. see Pam, we hardly do so, you. So it does sound like DC is being moved out well. of consumer products into head of, into the franchise division. Um, and so hopefully the influence of the, the new DC studios, which is run by James Gunn and, you know, has all these exciting movies coming up in 2025. Hopefully. Yeah. They won't cut any more from DC. Um, because there's nothing left to cut. Well, yeah, there shouldn't yeah. seem to be. But I will say morale among those who survived is high. Skyrocketed. Yeah, I can only with her imagine. Departure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I have to say when I read it, like, okay. So, listeners, when I, the backstory to most of our episodes is us surfing the internet and poking <laughs> around at comics news stories. And I was going, okay, okay, okay. Wait, what? When I got to Pam Lifford, and I mean, I'm, I'm generally not someone who cheers for firings, but there have been a few, and this is one. I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So. Moving along. So DC perhaps celebrated, obviously this was in the works for a while, but you know, kind of maybe showing that the Lifford influence had already begun to lift. Uh, I had a new little book news. line yeah. of books, publishing news, new format. scrappy, mm -hmm. scrappy DC. So they've just announced the, the Compact Comics graphic novel line, which mm. will be a line of reprints of their greatest hits, like All-Star Superman, Watchmen, and then Far Sector by a renowned science fiction author, N.K. Jemison, artist Jamal Campbell. I want that. Yeah, right? And yeah. so they are coming out in a smaller, more new reader-friendly size, which is five and a half 
by eight, which is apparently, according to this press release, the most popular size of books um, there is. Or yeah. The, I mean, I want to call it mass market, but it's not really the mass market size paperback of the past. Is, isn't it? Excuse me, I have to. <clears throat> isn't that A5? I think that's A5. I mean, we're sitting here at PW surrounded by books, and yeah, I can't picture it. Well, we'll have to get them yeah. in, in our hands. Um, so, so if, if you look through, if you click through, through the press release, they actually have a comparison size. Oh, do they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, okay. The link in our okay. in our agenda. Oh, there you but, go. Look I, at that. Okay. And you oh, it's get, fun it, you size. Oh, it's fun with the, size. With the regular it's trade paperback size. size, and then with it. In yeah, I said first, second size. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's it what is. I was yes. thinking that. Oh, which I feel like go. also mm-hmm. means it's good for backpacks. Yes, that it's was perfect Mark's, for backpacks. That was and, Mark's and, evil plan. Yes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Cargo pants. You know, backpacks. Compatible. And, and also, say, uh, tote bags and travel bags. Yeah. Like more people can take, you know, graphic novels on their vacation or read it on the bus. You, you can make the claim that the, uh, the manga revolution transformed all of American comics publishing with compact Graphic novels well, for nine ninety nine. Yeah, yes, nine ninety nine price point. So, very, so yes. I think this is a good, smart move. Brilliant. I'm all there. Yeah, and I, but it's obviously aimed at uh, you know what I would call reluctant adult readers, mm. right? I mean, casual it's, readers. Yeah. But uh, what they're going to be in airport bookstores. I'm sure they'll be around in a variety. They're going to be in regular bookstores too. Yeah, Um, I want some. I like that format. It's a great. I think it's a trip. I'm told that Brian Hems is against it. So there you go. So it's it's got to be a good idea. No, Brian. I'm just joking. (laughs) No, no, I'm just kidding. Brian. No offense, Brian. No offense, Brian. (laughs) But I I genuinely, I'm not joking here. I genuinely am like that's a good format. I like it. Because I I am that person who reads books on the subway and the bus, and like I'm not gonna carry a giant graphic novel. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is this is great stuff on here. All Star Superman. Oh yeah, wait here's well here's what here's what Brian says. He put this on all the graphics. All right. I will be the cynic here. My expectation is that shifting things like Watchmen are hushed to the 999 format will not actually increase sales enough to offset the loss of revenue mm. past the first few months. Eventually, sales patterns seem likely to revert to normal demand, and then everyone, DC retailers, distributors, and creators are just making less money for the same sales. Does anyone here believe Velocity and All-Star Superman is going to triple over the long term? You know, I'm going to stop right here. It's not that they're not putting out the books in, in the, the traditional size. <laughs> yeah, they're going to keep This going. is a new line for mass market to reach new readers. Well, I think his logic is this. If you can get Watchmen for 9.99, you won't pay full price. But, yeah, but you know, like who's to say that the small print size is going to stay in print for every single book? I don't know. We don't know. Brian, you're not going to lose your Watchmen cash cow over this one chill. No, it's it's not. I mean, it's it, it's a it's an additive. It's not. It's, know, it is additive. It is you additive. Know, you can buy both things, you but know, you, you know, know, new people will see it. Hey, it's nine ninety nine. I've been hearing about this. Right, right. I mean, it, honestly, this is a format that's for somebody rushing through an airport, as we do, and we just like, oh, I need something to read. What am I going to read? Ooh, you know, Watchmen is super famous. Maybe. Maybe I should give it a try. Ooh, it's, it's fun size. I like it. Nine dollars, ten dollars during the holidays. Well, yeah, and also, I mean, 
some readers do not have infinity money. Right, exactly. Like, being able to pick up a classic at nine ninety nine when otherwise you'd be like, well, maybe I'll wait to ask for, for Christmas. Maybe I'll wait till I have a little more cash. Suddenly you can get more. Yeah. Well, you can get more, but kind of tying together both of our previous two DC items. So this shocked me. I didn't know. Anyway, there's a show on Netflix now called Bodies, which is like a time-traveling murder mystery type thing. And I did not remember that it is based on a surprise Vertigo, Vertigo. comic from back in the day, written by the late Cy Spencer with various artists. So I guess a lot of people forgot that this was coming out because the book was not available. Actually, a new edition just came out this week. But uh, but it already sold out right away Mm. uh, because apparently this is Netflix's hottest show. Yeah, it is. Um, and, you know, we talked about this in that, that article I wrote. Like, I mean, can, you could blame DC for some things, but a lot of times Netflix is like, oh yeah, it's coming out in 2023 Mm -hmm. and doesn't really, but sometimes they just drop, drop things and doesn't really give you time to reprint. So, I mean, I'm not going to blame publishers who can't keep up with Netflix because Netflix does not go out of their way to partner with anybody. Mm. But I do wonder if DC had, oh, I don't know, the number of staff that they used to have that it would have been easier to stay on top of things like this. Just as all. Well, that's possible too. I mean, I would love to know more about the story because um, it does seem completely emblematic of a lack of planning on various sides. Or just uh, like I'm saying, I'm not necessarily blaming DC, but well, maybe no, it is but DC's I mean, fault. Uh, you know, they could be overwhelmed in doing their best. Yeah. They've got a secret hit. Yeah, the secret hit mm-hmm. bodies. Let's find the bodies. Yeah. Oh, so many good headlines. Um, so anyway, all right, one more. Sorry, it's the Heidi superhero. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, meanwhile, I mean, I've been talking to many people. Uh, as you, if you listen to our last podcast, um, I was in recovery from New York Comic Con and COVID, and I've been recovering and talking to people and uh, you know catching up on everything I missed. Um, and everybody is like, oh yeah, this is a new paradigm shift. Uh, definitely is. We mentioned that on our last podcast. And as foretold, there shall come a new line of ultimate comics from Marvel. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the ultimates line that launched, I guess in 2000 <clears throat> or 2001, uh, revolutionized Marvel publishing, mm-hmm. revitalized the comic shop market. It was a huge, huge hit, and it just revitalized everything, introduced new characters, mm-hmm. Miles Morales. But the thing is, I feel like reintroducing Ultimates kind of goes against the point of the Ultimate Universe, because the point was that it didn't have a million <laughs> continuity, that you could just pick it up and enjoy it and not worry about continuity. Right. That was literally the concept. Right. So I hope they keep that concept in mind. Well, they're so all... What is the book? You don't remember? <laughs> there's a, there's yeah. one book that we know about. <laughs> oh, that's coming? You guys, are, you're going to scoop myself. Oh, <laughs> I tell you I now. Mean, the first issue okay. came out already. The it first issue came out, came out yeah. already. Yeah, so... Um, so there is going to be a collected trade edition that's a new Ultimate book in the spring. Hang on. I have to find it. Um, Ultimate Invasion by Jonathan Hickman and Brian Hitch coming out in March. Um, so the revered writer Jonathan Hickman. Because I don't know about these books. <laughs> I don't 
The Illuminati, a secret group of the smartest heroes in Marvel, must form once again to stop the Maker from his plans. I don't know about the Maker. He uh, shows up in um, Patrick. Uh, new books that's coming out from Abrams too to destroy or perhaps rebuild the universe with Miles Morales at the center of it all so it's about Maker versus Miles Morales um, is this sounding like the continuity okay so this want? is this is making me think that they are trying to keep the ultimate branding while doing a little switcheroo so that they can once again go back to no continuity except hey we've got Miles Morales um, which you know if this were mainline Marvel, I'd be like, no, but like literally that's the point of Ultimates. Well, you literally know, it's the point of Ultimates. You're supposed to kill continuity. That's the point of Ultimates. That's, you know, this is, um, I mean, I hate to, I don't want, uh, boy, how do I even say this? I don't want to be an ageist. Okay. But I, you know, as foretold, Brian Hitch was the guy who drew the original Ultimates mm. 20 years ago. Uh-huh. So you can't strike lightning twice, 20 years apart, with the same dude. I mean, maybe you can if you're George Miller. All right, George Miller did it with Mad Max, and then he did it with Mad Max Fury Road. Okay, fair play. Is Brian Hitch uh, George Miller? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, Jonathan Hickman revitalized the X line with Hawks, Pox, House of X, uh, Powers of X. Um, I mean, this is just marking time with existing readers. This is not the new jumping off. No, here's what I think it is. I think this is the lure, I could be wrong, for the existing readers into the new continuity. That mm-hmm. we're going to use all the old artists, all the old creators... Look, here, here's an event, here's how we go from the Ultimates books you liked before to the new Ultimates books, um, without having to worry about continuity in the upcoming books. I mean, Miles Morales is really popular right now. Too, he is, right? he's so great. Like, he's like yeah. the biggest contribution yes. of Ultimates. Right, so I think they're to, saying. Yeah, they're trying to keep him, but I could be wrong, but this sounds like a t- storyline tailor-made for we are keeping everything we want and destroying everything we don't want in order to not have to worry about continuity anymore. And since literally the point of Ultimates is for it to be easy for casual fans, for it to be easy for kids, for it to be easy for DC fans, for it to be easy mm-hmm. for anybody who tuned out of comics for the last 20 years, in this particular case, with this particular line, I think it's a good idea. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, the maker plans to make the Earth's mightiest heroes never exist. Anything that wipes out Orson Scott Card's ultimate Iron Man is a good thing. Yes. Because even quite aside from my petty issues with Orson Scott Card as a human being, good God, that was the worst comic of all time. (laughs) Moving on. Yes. Comics AI. Oh, yes. Making comics the newfangled way. I don't know. What do we think of Dash Tune? Well, I think that Dash Tune was a really great way to raise five million dollars of seed funding. <laughs> okay. Um, whatever <laughs> that else. That clearly it is, worked. Yeah. That worked. <laughs> that worked. That clearly worked. So Dash Tune is a tool, Dash platform, seeded with a few comics that they're putting out themselves, but mostly a tool Dash platform, with the concept that they're trying to create an ethical, generative AI to make it easy for writers who are trying to create a comic using generative AI. 
Um, and the idea, the promise, we'll see if it bears out, is that they are setting it up so that it's good for ongoing storytelling because they allow you to create character models so that unlike in other AI comics, which were created by tools not designed for narrative storytelling, the characters don't look totally different from one page to the next. So given that they're saying they paid for the art they're putting into it and that they claim they're not breaking anyone's copyright, I am in favor of that. I don't think it can replace artists. But I do think... I don't know. I've got... I'm not totally down against it because I think there are a lot of hobbyists and fledgling writers and people who just want a storyboard who, if this works the way they say it works, and if it is as ethical as they say it is, might have a useful tool. I don't think it's ever going to, nor should it, replace a real artist. Well, they they seem to be really obsessed with reducing the amount of time it takes to do everything. Not a bad thing, never, uh, necessarily speaking. <clears throat> but, I mean, and, and they also seem to be pitching this as uh, a tool for artists, or non-artists, for that matter. So this is simply a tool. Um, there's some lip service paid to, you know, look, you, you need a human in it to really to bring it to life, so they say. I mean, all more of this stuff is coming. It's only going to get better. Uh, I agree with you, Kate. You know, um, I mean, we need to be ready for it. The artist community it may create a whole new artist community. You know, it may be the the end of the world. I don't know, but I mean, there, there are your my, options. My guess is that it will stop or make easier, possibly, if it works as it says. One of the big barriers to entry for hobbyists, hobbyist writers trying to create a comic, which is, I can't draw, where do I find someone who can? And if this helps people create their first, maybe a little janky looking, but still, comic, then it might not be a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, is it any different using, like, Illustrator or one of these comics generating software to make a comic in Dash Tune AI? Yes, because with those, you are basically manipulating wire models yourself and, like, posing the little characters mm. and basically creating digital mm. art. Um, whereas in this, you are not moving little characters around. Mm. You are feeding in, you create your character models, and then you feed in your script. And the claim is if you feed in your script and you feed in your character models, it will, like, help you generate the comic itself mm. without you having to actually do mm. art. So, we'll see, I guess. We will see. But, at the very least, they got $5 million. Yeah, they got $5 million. Because here it comes, ready or not. I mean... And it'll get better. I mean, uh, it will, will, but, I mean, it it will get better in terms of making it more uh, easy for humans to fix it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, AI art, I mean, there was this whole, you know... I mean, Twitter's dying gasp had one last discourse in it because some people put up some some Batman, horrible Batman comics. Like, you know, one panel looked like Michael Allred, the other one looked like David Mascali. They're like, look how great this is. I made some Batman yeah. comics, you know. And 
To the superficial eye, it looked fine, but then you're like, oh, well, the Batmobile's different in every panel. Um, you know, yeah. it's got the driver on the left side. Okay, uh, well, it's not the UK, like, Batman, but maybe it is. Well, I mean, I think that's what they're they're trying to make their selling point other yeah, than think, yeah. the um, the the fact they're claiming to be ethical is that the idea is that because you're feeding in character models you don't have to worry about that thing you're just saying where suddenly Batman looks different in every panel and the Batmobile looks different and, in every And they panel. also, they, they make out a point to say, at least in the, this yeah. news story press release, that, you know, they encourage, they want it, they, they're designing it for people to use as a tool. People are willing to be in. So you have artists, and but obviously it's designed for a wider audience than I don't want to say real artists, but you know what I mean. Well, yeah, it's designed but, for the general public. Yeah. It's designed for people but who might be hobbyists. It's with people using it as a tool to make comics. So, so yeah, we'll they're say, trying to define it that way. They do it. say they're going to start, though, with commissioning work. Yeah, they oh, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so they're, they're priming the pump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're planning to publish, have published writers convert their stories yes. using their tool before building a community of creators. Yeah. Right? Well, so they, they've already opened the tool. Yeah. Right. So, so people cool. are already messing around yeah. with it. Right. But they're trying to, yeah, exactly. They're trying and to they're making money. They're already generating revenue from some kinds of comics that they, they I guess, offer on the platform. I don't so know. Well, I don't know. I think they're still burning the thing, $5 million. The, the, I'm sure we'll the burn see. rate is, is, is high. So, <laughs> more to come on that. Definitely so much Way more to come. Way more on to this. come. All right. Manga horror? Ah, yes. So that's the next one. So. Um, back to traditional publishing, or rather, the traditional style of publishing, creating a non-traditional product, uh, a new horror manga imprint has been announced. So, it is known as um, <clears throat> Smudge, and is coming out from the small publisher Living the Line. And so, Smudge will be a horror comic, uh, horror manga imprint, and will be curated and translated by, uh, Ryan Holmberg. And so, and so, um, it's bringing out some old books. Um, they've got one from, um, 1986 called Her Frankenstein by Kawashima Norikazu. And, I mean, just a bunch of old horror manga, which maybe didn't fit the profile of what was usually getting translated into English. So, you know, points there. And Holmberg has been the translator who's been doing that line of Tsuke comics with um, D&Q, and also one with Uncivilized, maybe? Who is it that one did? Yeah. Hey, what does that mean? Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> saying talk into the mic. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I was talking into yeah, the mic. Yeah, she was I, talking. Okay. Wait, what's oh, okay. okay. We're picking up. Okay. Everything is fine. But, okay, so wait. Holmberg. Holmberg is the translator who has been doing books with Strong and Quarterly, including all the, um, Yusuri Tsuke, Tsuke, the Tsuke mm-hmm. comics. And those have been big hits mm-hmm. in the literary community. And I do think it's interesting that this imprint is, that he's leading is going to another, Press, and you know, I'm curious about how that came about. And um, he's clearly a huge. It's actually really interesting to me 
and I don't know exactly how this is happening, but I love that it's a translator who's kind of seeming to be yeah. breaking um, ground and sort of creating new imprints. Like he's leading the business. Yes. I think that for sadly too long in comics, mm-hmm. as opposed to say translations of the Iliad mm-hmm. creators who are translators were not getting the credit they deserved. And so I think maybe, you know, like noticing that it matters to have a really good translator for a good work. I think he had like a huge, um, stage, uh, talk to at SPX. Like he's really becoming a force and I I love it. Now. Yeah. It's great. Cool. So more to come on that. Yeah. And now the briefs. Um, Hoopla has the um, digital app that you know has hooked up with libraries everywhere. Is has made a deal with Kodansha USA, so now you can get Kodansha ma- manga on your Hoopla app from your library if your library decides yeah. to cough up the money. Um, Deep so, catalog, twelve hundred titles. It should be a lot of fun. Um, if, if you are someone who has a low budget, but a local library card, more manga is coming your way. Apparently, uh, the uh, Hoopla Reader, can it supports uh, right-to-left reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Um, and um, we don't have a lot of other briefs, but that was definitely yeah. one of them. Can I jump in with Please Ghost in do. the Shell? Please uh, do. This is because I'm a Ghost in the Shell. I sure Masamune like nerd. I love Ghost in the Shell. I love the manga. Those manga just, I was obsessed with them for years. I continue to be that way. I love, I've, I've only seen, a, I've seen some of the anime, not all of it, but there is now a global Ghost in the Shell website, uh, the world of Shiro Masamune. Um, just go check it out. Uh, uh, Google it. It's, actually, it's ghostinthechill.jp. Um, it's slash N. Yeah, oh, there you go. And it, it, there's interviews with, uh, with Masamune. There's character, you know, ID, IDs of everybody. They kind of talk about all of the various anime and the original manga. It's just awesome. And uh, Masamune is a, a great sensei. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that Jeff Smith has a Kickstarter running yes, for yes. the next thing for yes. Thorn, the complete proto bone college trips, nineteen eighty two to nineteen eighty six. I love the way that. This is happening because essentially Jeff Smith and his wife are like, a long time ago, we published some of Jeff's college strips. You all like them. They're out of print. And now we're going to run what is already a coming up on $250,000. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Not surprising, yeah. but still amazing. <laughs> yeah. So we have, there's still 14 days to go. They set it at $30,000, which is obviously not the real goal. Um, it was yeah. 244000 when I last had it. Yes. So 240, almost 245. Yes. Was yeah. in, I refreshed him while we were sitting yes. here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, Jeff has been down, you know, he's recovering for a little now. while and now yeah. he's back up yeah. and this is great um, and they expect to have the book out to the general trade in the spring 
And, um, yeah, it's this college newspaper stuff, you, you know, we'll see how it's like their early we'll bone. First yeah. time that bone yeah, appears. I mean, I, I know he's been a little bashful about getting this out there over the years, but hey, right. you know, who could turn down a quarter of a million dollars? So nice move, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but actually it's, it's really beautiful. I mean, there's a yeah, couple of strips is. here and I mean like, wow, it's, Jeff, it's, yeah. it doesn't not look like Jeff can draw. Yeah. work at <laughs> yeah. all. It no. looks. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. So I can see why everybody is racing yeah. to get a copy. I think I need to go in and make a little, yeah, right? my copy. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, I guess where are we now? Well, we made it through another episode. Yeah, it looks like we did. So uh, on this slow news day, we got all the way to what? 43 minutes. I know. Why is there so little news now? Is this Good the question. end of history as Francis Fukuyama foretold? <laughs> Yeah, no, well, I don't know. end of comics news, at least for this week. Everybody's yeah. sleeping off COVID after New York Comic Con. It's because they're all reading best books. That was big yeah, news. Yes, there you go. All right. Well, um, and, uh, now how are we going to, we've got an extra person. How are we going to take it out? I just can be quiet. You guys are totally fine. <laughs> you can say, you can say, <laughs> you, can you, say, say yeah, no, you say there will be. And then we do the more. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There will be. More to come.